Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And good afternoon, all. Welcome back to Chicago's Legal Latte. This is Jim Mitchell, and today we continue down our path of, of looking into various aspects of the law and providing you with a clearer understanding of, of certain legal concepts. Now, at the heart of our discussion today are, are some basics uh, related to contracts and, uh, and the settlement of uh, debts, or particularly disputed debts. My guest, Attorney Jennifer Bertie, an associate at Laval Law, will share with us uh, an overview of what is uh, defined in legal terms as accord and satisfaction. It's been a while since we've talked to Jennifer, so uh, Jennifer, welcome back to the podcast. Very nice to talk to you today. Thank you so much, Jim. So uh, accord and satisfaction certainly sounds like a, a traditional legal term. Um, tell us what that represents in, in layman's terms. What it is is it's a method to discharge a debt so long as the two parties disagree or have a dispute as to the amount due. And what occurs is the person who owes the money sends less than the amount that is due, and on that check indicates that uh, that check represents full satisfaction of the claim. And this is codified in the Illinois statute. And if that uh, debtor, or excuse me, creditor, receives that check and deposits that check, it's considered to be, in essence, a new contract, that you've agreed to take that lower amount. Now, it sounds to me like, from what you just described, there's, possibly three critical components to this transaction uh, that we want to discuss today. First, that there was an amount in dispute, then a lesser amount was paid, and that payment included a notation that it was considered payment in full. We'll we'll kind of want to walk through each of those elements individually, but um, let's start, you know, at a higher level and talking about what needs to be determined or what needs to be proven uh, in a case of this nature. So the debtor must tender the payment to the creditor, and that uh, statement on the check must say that uh, contain a conspicuous statement to the effect that the payment is tendered in full satisfaction of the claim. The payment that is made has to be in good faith by the debtor who is making the payment. There has to be a dispute between the parties, and the creditor must in fact receive the check with the limiting and conspicuous language that states it is in full satisfaction of the debt and deposit that check into their bank account. Okay, so a couple of quick follow-ups for you then. First of all, from what you just said, it sounds like by depositing the check, uh, the recipient is in fact agreeing that that this is payment in full. I I know we'll discuss some exceptions to that maybe in a minute here, but just to confirm that it's actually the making the deposit that's an important element in this scenario. Yes, because it shows acceptance. Okay, and then it appears that really what, what triggers the conflict is is what you refer to as a conspicuous notation on a check. So tell us exactly what you mean by that. Conspicuous has its general definition that it does in 
you know, the regular world. But what it is and what it states in case law is conspicuous means so written, displayed, or presented that a reasonable person against which it is to operate ought to have noticed it. So obvious, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, and I just want to ask for one particular clarification here because I heard you mention uh, once or twice that the notation, you know, is on the check. It's conspicuous, but it's on the check. Would we be in the same situation here if the check was sent, there was no notation on the check, but there was a letter, say, that accompanied it that's, that claimed the same uh, same information that this was payment in full? There are cases which involve both, and both have been determined proper. Uh, but normally, and best case scenario, and what you would want to do if you were attempting to do this, would be to put it, that limiting language, in the space uh, where the creditor would actually endorse the check. So they'd be forced to see it because they'd have to sign the check. Okay. Um, and I do want to actually come back with you another question on that. Let me just remind our listeners that we're talking to uh, Jennifer Bertia, a, uh, an attorney at Lavelle Law, today on uh, Chicago's Legal Latte. And the topic we're discussing is, is known uh, in the legal realm as accord and satisfaction. Uh, I, I encourage you to visit LavelleLaw.com and look at Jennifer's profile. You'll find that she's very experienced in litigation and dispute resolution um, and is really a, a great assistance to us on topics like this here on the podcast. Um, we, we've had some great conversations in the past, and she's she's great at helping us dissect some of these legal concepts and um, does, a, does an outstanding job for clients as well. So LavelleLaw.com to pick up some more information from Jennifer and her colleagues. Now, um, Jennifer, I, you know, I... I'm used to, whether it's personal or business, if I receive a check, I see who it's from. Uh, I'll probably note the amount and, and mark it off against an invoice or um, you know, just put it in the pile of, of receipts that go to the bank. Can, can someone use a defense that even though there was a notation on the check, they, they didn't see it because maybe commonly they don't just you know, look at that area? If there's two circumstances in the statute, uh, actually specifically discusses in what they're calling an inadvertent accord and satisfaction. So there's two circumstances that are listed in the statute which would aid a creditor who inadvertently took a check with that accord and satisfaction language on it. And the statute discusses uh, the first is a creditor, if the creditor is an organization and it can show that within a reasonable time before the tender, so before they got the check, the creditor sent a conspicuous statement to the debtor indicating that all communications and letters, emails, any communications relating to the debt are to be sent to a designated person, a specific office, or a place and the check or instrument tendered by the debtor was not actually sent to that designated person, office, or place. So that's one situation in which you can avoid an inadvertence, accord, and satisfaction. Okay. In the second situation, this allows a creditor to avoid an inadvertent accord and satisfaction if within 90 days of receiving the check or payment, the creditor determines and sees that there is this accord and satisfaction language on it and within 90 days returns the payment to the debtor. And that's the second situation. 
And and in that second situation, do they then do we assume that they have to include you know some language that says, hey, by the way, I'm I'm not accepting this. Um, you know, I'm sending it back to you for this particular reason, and I I feel you still owe me the the original amount. Well, I think that would be a great idea um, and and best practice, although not required, because the act of returning it is the rejection, just as the act of receiving it and accepting it and depositing it is the acceptance of those, you know, if you could think about it as a modification of contract terms, and you accept it and deposit the check, there's your acceptance. If you then reject it and return the check, there's your rejection of that offer. And and with that rejection, I assume that doesn't let the debtor off the hook. The debtor can't say, well, hey, I, I paid him, and he sent it back, so I, I did what I was supposed to do. I don't feel like I need to do anything else. They're still responsible for some amount, even though it might be in dispute. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so so you've, you, sort, you've sort of geared the conversation today toward, um, you know, identifying this as a contract. Um and, and by accepting a lesser amount, depositing it, you, you sort of modify the contract. We've talked about contracts in the past um, here on the podcast. Is is the the idea of accord and satisfaction something that's designed or derived from uh, basic contract laws? Yes, it's it's your very simple concept of I offer you. Uh, terms of a contract. It could just be a proposal. It could be uh, a bid for to do work, and you agree and sign it, and it's for a certain sum. And thereafter, the accord and satisfaction may modify that contract language, or at least that's where this concept derives from, and it's always easier for me to think about it like that as a contract. Uh, uh-huh. A contract reco- requires offer and acceptance or offer reject- rejection, and then the contract never comes to fruition. So this is basic, classic contract analysis is where the statute derived from. And then just to be a bit more granular, um, if, uh, if an amount is owed and a debtor sends a lesser amount, as we've described, but they don't put a notation of any sort uh, on the check, then the creditor can receive that, deposit that, and still fairly uh, expect and, and be entitled to the remainder of the payment because there was nothing on the check that uh, depicted that as, as being in full. Is that also a fair interpretation? Yes, that's correct. It would need to have the conspicuous statement on the check indicating that the lesser amount was in full satisfaction. Absent that, you're in the same typical situation wherein you owe the full amount. So as we as we get ready to wrap up here, we we look at this from a business perspective. Um, any any particular tips that a a business should should have as as basic procedures to make sure that they really don't get caught short in this type of situation? I assume that sort of having a an accounts receivable process that you know validates these checks and as you mentioned, maybe even tells debtor debtors where to send payments would be good. Uh, tell us about things that businesses should do to make sure they don't fall into this trap anywhere along the line? One of the uh, best things that a business can do is train their employees who receive and review the checks. You know, as principals in companies, you often are not uh, handling that aspect of your business, but that doesn't make you exempt from the requirements. You must train your employees or train whomever it is that is going to be receiving the check to know that 
you know, that should be a high alert situation. They should bring that check to you or, or to whomever is the manager of the group so that it can be dealt with properly. You wouldn't want an employee not to know about it and then deposit the check and you to discover this a few months later whereupon you no longer had the ability to obtain the difference between the check and what you agreed or believed you would be paid. Well, uh, as always, a very informative discussion with uh, Jennifer Burt-T of uh, Lavelle Law today. We're going to let Jennifer resume her usual duties at work, and uh, I want to thank her for her time as always. Um, my thanks to all of you for being with us today as well. A uh, pleasure to uh, have you with us and to uh, have the chance to talk to Jennifer. Again, you can connect with her via the Lavelle Law website at lavellelaw.com or by calling the office. Uh, you'll find the number on the website, set up a consultation for a business uh, contract or other litigation matter. Uh, Jennifer on hand to, uh, to certainly assist you with that. And again, at the uh, website, you'll find uh, plenty of uh, assistance in terms of past podcast articles, even some videos, uh, a new library being built there to collect uh, some video assets. So a lot to be found at lavellelaw.com. And each week here on uh, Chicago's Legal Latte, we hope to bring you more information and uh, have uh, conversations about legal process. Thanks so much for joining us.